Hi, I am the co-founder of CrowdSurf, director of events, bass player, video producer, digital director, songwriter, manager of touring, director of content and operations, and you're listening to the Springboard, 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 Springboard Music Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Springboard Music Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hessian, and today's guest, I am so pumped about you guys. Her name is Ryan Bird. She has produced music videos such as Hey Girl by Ann Wilson, Join the Morning by Torrin Wells, and most recently walked the ACM CMA red carpets for her nominated music video, Never Wanted to Be That Girl by Carly Pierce and Ashley McBride. Ryan is one of my dear friends, so we get a little bit more candid. And if that's the thing you're looking for, you came to the right place. Take a listen. You're from Enterprise, Alabama. Correct. Yeah, it's small. It's a one high school community. Um, cute little downtown stretch with stores and shops and like local businesses and restaurants. Um, we we got a Publix and a Chick-fil-A my junior year of high school. So that was really exciting to have those two entities come to town. But yeah, no Starbucks. So sad. No Target. So sad. We'd have to go to the town over, which would be like 30 to 40 minute drive. Oh my goodness. So when you were growing up, were Mm -hmm. you always into movies and TV shows? Yes. Obsessed. Sounds like there wasn't much else to do. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like sports pageants, dance, gymnastics, those types of things were around. I have memories of my mom just like begging us to play outside and like my sister and brother going to play. I'm, I'm the youngest of the family and my sister and brother like going to play and I'd like sneak back through the back door and like go sit on the couch, <laughs> watch Disney <laughs> Channel. Um, so yes, I've absolutely always been interested. Um, but I think while I was younger, I just never thought it would I just didn't think that that was a possible career thing to do would be a part of the making of movies and television, even though I really loved it. So I kind of took more of a theater performance route, um, which then ultimately led me to being behind the scenes. Um, But yeah, I think for a long time, I thought I was going to be the star of a show forever. (laughs) Hey, it's not too late. Every show needs a mom and a grandma. That's what I tell myself. I think about that all the time. We're like all these beautiful women who are, you know, in their 60s to 80s that are on these awesome TV shows or movies. I'm like, I've never seen her before. <laughs> <laughs> I think the same thing. I'm like, that could be me. Yeah, this that could be me. Like a couple we should decades. do that. What if that's what we do when we retire, <laughs> Rachel? We, we become start, like elderly yeah, actresses. Absolutely. We get an agent and just like, but we only take jobs together. I'm in. We will be like the cranky, like elderly neighbors, like the widowed neighbors that live together. Perfect. Golden girls. That's right. I don't want anybody to steal this idea. You heard it here. So what you said, Disney Channel, what mm-hmm. were you, what shows, what movies, what did you love? What was it? I mean, what wasn't I watching and loving? I mean, I sincerely anything that the Disney Channel produced, I was watching, um, Loved me some Lizzie McGuire. I loved that. So Raven, like I, I loved all of that. Um, but it probably wasn't until truly High School Musical, like when that came out. Um, there would be. I just remember after uh, we had a slumber party at my house, we had to watch it, of course. 
And that was so fun. I was just obsessed with it. And then when it came out on DVD, a special features um, behind the scenes look of like how the director made the movie and all the choreography um, was on the DVD. So you had to buy the DVD in order to watch those things. And I mean, I was like, mom, we've got to go to Walmart right now. Like I've got to get that DVD. (laughs) So as I look back at my life, absolutely. I have always been intrigued by the way something worked. Um, But I do think at a younger age, I might have been more intrigued because I wanted to see Zac Efron in the behind the scenes. Like, Who who didn't want to see Zac Efron? Totally. I think that probably has something to do with it. Seeing a person be who they were versus who their character was has always been very intriguing to me. And like to this day, I listen to podcasts with actors and I, d- I am so intrigued by the actor's process um, and storytelling as a whole, but obviously how actors bring stories to life has always been really cool to me. And so were you able to do theater growing up? And yeah, school? a little bit, a little bit. So I'd be in our Southern Baptist church plays growing up. It, because please, there tell wasn't, me, there... please tell me you were Mary one day. <laughs> Honestly, you know, what's really funny is that we would do, I feel like we would do tons of plays and performances. We never did the actual classic Christmas story. We would always, ours would always be like summer VBS things or our children's choir would put on some random G-rated play that they found on a website. I don't know. I don't know where they got their resources (laughs) from, but Lifeway maybe. Um, but yeah, no, we never did the Christmas in a manger thing. And you loved acting. Um, but then you were also in your free time loving to watch behind the scenes. And if there's anybody, I know you said high school musical, but if anybody knows Ryan Bird or has had one conversation with Ryan Bird, I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) They know but she loves One Tree Hill. <laughs> oh um, changed, changed my life. Literally, like literally yeah, changed really your did. life. Like yeah. it's not just a love or like an obsession, but like there's a deep connection because it's it was the precipice for where you are now. Yeah, um, it was definitely the catalyst for sure. Yeah, it did. It made it feel and into your previous question, you know, did I do theater? Yes, I did theater. I, there wasn't room for theater until about middle school. It just wasn't offered. So I'd go and do some things in other towns over that had bigger theater departments. So, you know, that was my trajectory. Like, that's what I thought I was going to do. I, I, and I thought I'd go to college for theater. And then come early high school, I, I, don't, I sincerely don't even know how I found the show. Because it wasn't all the previous seasons, like unless you ordered DVDs from Amazon. I don't even, was Amazon around? Like, I don't no, know how old things were. Literally Netflix, you would have to go online and order the DVDs. The That's DVDs. what Netflix was. You're right. It, You're so right. I remember You had that. to like okay. get them shipped to you to yes. watch for and like seven days. this is even days. before that. Like this is, I, maybe I got them through Walmart. Like I have no idea. Maybe you went to like Because they were on. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But honestly, I think I got them online illegally. Like I probably just like typed in websites and was like episode one. So anyway, yeah, start watching it. You know, it's a story about a small town 
and kids and relationships and love and loss and grief and redemption and all of these things that felt so true to my own life, of course, dramatized, but it felt like you said, so accessible to me, not only, Hey, I can make this, but there's an odd, clearly there's a love for this type of content, right? This small town, it just ever, it felt so close to home. And I think from there, what I love the most about One Tree Hill was how they're like opening montages and then their closing montages would always have these very intense voiceovers of poetry or of, I don't know, just something really deep that a character would read that would tie the theme of the episode together. And um, I remember after watching One Tree Hill, I dabble in screenwriting on my word document, like nothing serious. Um, So you would write, you would like write your own shows? Yeah. And I mean, yes, I would. (laughs) That's so fun. I mean, I wrote like, I tried to write books, but you would like actually write like the directions and yeah. Like I would look up, you know, how scripts are written and what that looks like. And, you know, again, I'm coming from a heavy theater background. So though not the same, similarities um so it didn't feel again like some big jump or anything it it just felt like another piece of the pie of this world of creativity I don't know um and so when it came time for college I thought I was gonna do theater for sure like I was like this is what I'm gonna do I want to major in that and I auditioned at Belmont for their musical theater program and I didn't get in But when we toured it, I loved it. And I loved that Nashville wasn't incredibly far from home. Um, It it just, uh, something about Belmont and the campus and the people we met there, it just felt right in a lot of ways. And while I was there, which I had researched at other schools before accepting to go to Belmont, was I could... Let me back up. When I went for the theater audition, we just said, why don't we just meet with the film and television, the head of the department? Why not? Like, we're already here. So I meet with him, loved everything he had to say. And it just it kind of it started this fire in me where I said, wait, I didn't know that I could really do that. Um, And so ultimately, I chose Belmont because I could major in film and television and motion pictures and minor in theater, which was really important to me. I didn't want to just lose all my theater background. To this day, I love theater. Um, But a lot of schools, because theater is so so intense um, of a major, there aren't a lot of schools that offer it as a minor. So that also lended my decision into going to Belmont. That is so cool. I did not know that you auditioned for the musical theater department, didn't get in. And just on a whim, you were like, well, let's just meet with this person and see. And it's cool because like, it's something that you love. So at the very least, you're going to hear from somebody who knows more about or is like just as passionate about something as you are. Yeah. Um, But then you decided to change course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely think that for me, faith is a big element and, and the Lord came to play in that. I mean, he, yeah. he rerouted me. Um, 
because a lot of people that want to go into musical theater, you know, they go to these huge convention type things and they audition for tons of schools at the same time. I literally only auditioned at Belmont. So clearly somewhere in me, it it wasn't a desire or it just it wasn't the Lord's plan for my life. Um, or I feel like I would have given it more of a shot, you know. So it makes total sense. It's like cool how the Lord intervened and maybe musical theater is what got me to Belmont. But like what kept me was the film program. Why Belmont for musical theater? I know you said it's not far from home, but like. Yeah, they just have a wonderful musical theater program. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. that. Cool. It It was a really good one. And I and again, loved the idea of being in Nashville knew right after uh, high school, I didn't want to do the New York or LA thing. Um, So it just felt like a middle ground in a lot of ways. Yeah. What, when you were watching One Tree Hill. Yeah. Being a producer was not on the horizon yet. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. So then you go to college, you're Mm -hmm. in the film and TV Mm -hmm. major. Yep. Your minor. When when did it click for you? When you were in that major, what did you think you were going to be a screenwriter, or like what yeah. did you? What was the dream yes. at that point? Yes, I mean, I think that I thought I wanted to be a writer, but I think that I was so naive. Like I didn't know what roles were. Like I, I didn't know that a writer wasn't. And also, we're living in a world now where all the roles are crossed, and it's not as black and white, which is super cool. But I think I thought I was going to be a writer, director, showrunner, Shonda Rhimes kind of girl queen queen um (laughs) and so it's a that's a great question I've been asked that question before so as you're in the film program at least with Belmont I mean the goal is to just start making stuff and you know they have all the gear they have all the equipment so it's to get a script ready to go and then you go out there and you make it well I kind of (laughs) producing producing kind of chose me because as the years went on in school, I just realized the skill set that I had, I never realized that other people didn't have that skill set. And I know that sounds kind of silly to think, but I just didn't like what where my skill sets lied. I just thought that, that I don't know, thought everyone could do that. I thought everyone could plan something or schedule something or budget something or lead a meeting or a team, you know, I just thought those were very normal things. What's so special about me or special about that role. Um, and it just started by, I produced one of my friends, we called them production ones. It was just kind of the first short film that you make in school. And sincerely from there, I did like a thousand other people's. So it was just, it kind of happened upon me because my skills that fit the role of what a producer is and what a producer does. And then while I was operating in those, I realized what I love about producing is that a producer gets to see a project from the very, very beginning to the very, very end. Um, Of course, depending on what the project is, but I love that. I love being in all, having my hands in all parts of production especially in the pre-production when you're conceptualizing the script or you're working with the writer and giving notes and um, just dreaming things up together and helping. I just love that. And then bringing that writer or director's um, vision to life. Like I get to help do that um, and facilitate that and figure out, okay, you say you want 
a huge scene with cars and a fire and an explosion. But have you thought about how we're actually and financially and logistically going to do that? Because I got to think about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's, I have so many questions because this was not my world um, in the industry. My first question is like, producer. I think that's Mm -hmm. a really... People hear it all the time. Nobody yeah. understands what that is. Nobody. Because, because there's, you know, music producer, video producer, there's different types. But for your context as a video producer, mm-hmm. how does mm-hmm. that differ from director? Like great. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So a director is the vision. So they come up with, so I'm gonna start, let me pivot and let me say just for the listeners. So went to school for film and TV. But as I've stayed in Nashville, my main gig right now is producing music videos. So that's video producing. So I'll talk about a director from a video, from a music video perspective. So the director of a music video is the one who comes up with the story, with the idea. So we don't have writers in music video world like you would in TV and in film. So the director is somewhat the writer as well. So they come up with what, with what we call in our industry a treatment, which is basically a PowerPoint or slideshow of their idea for the video. Okay. So that's going to have some writing in it. That's going to tell us the you know what journey you're going to take us on in this video. And then it's also going to hold a lot of images for the style that you want it to be. So that's what a director does. And then from there... The director is, of course, the one on set directing their actors, um, communicating with the DP, who's the camera guy, what he or she wants to see um, on camera. And so they have tons of pre-production meetings about what lighting's going to look like, what everything, what wardrobe's going to look like, what are the locations. And so for a producer, which is my role, I am also, not always, but with some people that I work with. I am also in all of those meetings with the director because again, the director gets to be creative and have fun and talk all of this fun lingo about how beautiful and authentic it's going to be, you know, with all that language. And then I'm there, you know, jotting notes of what our director's promising this artist and this label. And then we usually (laughs) hop on a call afterwards and I'm like, okay, um, here's what we can and cannot do based on the money that we have. So I get to be bad cop a lot of times, which is my least favorite part of my job. But as a whole, a producer, it's in the word. And that's why I think people get confused because there's so many, you're right, there are so many different types of producers, but a producer produces the product. So anything you see on a video, in a film, on a TV show, those have started from a conversation in a room or over coffee or over a phone call because nothing on that set just shows up, right? (laughs) That has to be coordinated. People have to be talked to. I mean, tons and tons of meetings and pre-work, obviously, to get you to a final product. So that's where I come in and I help do all of the logistics and the planning and the meetings and all of it, all the way down to when's our lunch coming and what are we having for lunch? I mean, it's everything. It's what I like to explain, how I like to explain it to my family, um, I've gotten into a routine of what I say. I'm a glorified event planner okay. in the video world. That feels more digestible for people to understand and comprehend. 
On the next episode, we'll hear Ryan Bird share the details of what her role entails, as well as who would be a good fit to become a video producer. Who knows, it might even be you.